millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. She was a, had a taste for fine clothing and cars, enjoyed her wealth, through lavish parties and entertained celebrities such as Count Bassey and Duke Ellington, who I assume were famous fucking people in 1902. Yeah, the jazz musicians. Well, you don't know Count Basie. Okay. I mean, he obviously doesn't know Count Basie. Oh, he's, I'm sorry. You don't know jazz musicians from 1902. <laughs> no, oh. the very, very, very famous jazz musicians. Count Bassey. What did you call him? Count Bassey. <laughs> Bassey. Well, I, yeah, I'm Count not crazy for not knowing a jazz musician yes, from yes. Night, who was around in the 1900s, early He's 1900s. one of the most influential American. I hate jazz. That sounds like a you problem. <laughs> the year is with Red and Bobby. Welcome to the Year Is Podcast, the podcast where every episode we travel back to a year in history. We talk about the weirdest, the most interesting, the strangest things from that year. I am Bobby Mayer, and this is my co-host. I'm Red Redmond. <laughs> no, my co-host Red Richardson is, uh, Red's busy this week with a gig, but, uh, but I, I'm just a homeless guy he found off the street. No, Tim Renko. Tim, you've been on the podcast said, before. He said I wouldn't need to blow him. No, I did Tim. this podcast. Tim, stop. <laughs> stop trying to make it seem like I schemed to get you on the podcast. Yeah. He said, your mouth is so supple, I can think of two uses, boy. You choose. <laughs> what an all. Well, that, I mean, if we ignore the dark undertones of the other offer, yeah, it's nice if someone, if someone just comes up to a homeless guy and says, your mouth is very supple, the guy's like, excuse me, would you like to do a podcast? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I thought this was going. Yeah, it would be a nice tw- Twist on Yeah, I think it usually day. goes the other way. Yeah, but yeah. Th- this direction is nice. Like uh yeah. I I feel I really feel like that could be that would be a charity. And also the idea that you look more homeless than me, I think it's still Yeah. You you yeah. have money now, first of I all. I know. You're on the third season of your yeah. own TV show. So the only reason yeah. you still look homeless is because you're a slob. Yeah. There's nothing yeah, to do yeah, with yeah. it. used to be, I think, disability mixed with slob. Yeah. But now you could look like a presentable man who happens to have cerebral palsy. Well, I, I think it was always slob. It was just the disability is now less and less of a... Excuse. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I I looked homeless. I trimmed the beard and hair. I get it. I don't really get it as much. Yeah. Homeless people still, if I say I don't have any money, say yeah. try to have a good day, man. Yeah, like yeah. I still get. I um I was walking with my wife and a homeless guy asked her for money and I went, "Sorry, man, we don't have any." And he looked at me and went, "I wasn't talking to you." I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, Jerk Season 3 coming season out soon, three. right, Tim? Your sitcom on yeah. BBC 3. Three. I love the threes. Yeah. In this episode, yeah. I don't know what day is. <laughs> Good. You don't know when it's coming out. Yeah. But it's coming It'll out. It'll be out in March. Okay, sometime. good. Sometime, yeah. The month of March. Check the iPlayer month. every day. Every during the day. month of March. I want you in your screens just hitting refresh. From over. Yeah. Wait, what is Jerk about again? It's about a jerk. That makes sense. It's about, yeah, it's about an asshole. Just being an asshole. And trying to get away with it. So you. Me. It's about me. Is it based on your... Based on my stand-up. Based on my life story. Your life story. Your memoirs. And my memoirs. Have you have you ever thought of writing a memoir? I thought about it, and then I thought, uh, I'm already bored by my own life. The thing is, outside of your disability, which I would say brings yeah. weird people to you. Yeah. Like, because you're... Yeah. In a wheelchair and choose not to cut your yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People, I think insane people see you as a ma- you're like a magnet yeah. for the insane. I am, yeah. But your parents are actually the sweetest people in the world. Oh, I'm a very happy middle class white dude. Yeah. Just. Yeah. Mom. Your parents are the nicest people yeah. in the world. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's. My family's been very healthy. Like, I just, yeah, I just come from a healthy background. Like, <laughs> my life, my life until I was about 20 would just be the words. Yeah, it was all kind of good. It's funny because most comedians, yeah. uh, if you, if you, if they told you their life story, you'd be like, I wouldn't trade lives yeah, with you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think 90% of comedians, <laughs> I'd be like, I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for Jerk Season 3. Yeah. Series 3, as they say in the series UK. Series 3. That's what they say. Series. It's a series. Series. Then what do you call the... Jody, what do you call the whole series if a yeah. series is a series? I've actually legit wondered that. Well, it's just a complete series. <laughs> so yeah. there's series one, series two, and then the whole thing is a complete series. Yeah, I, I think in the US, North America, you call it season because yours is literally, there's almost two seasons, isn't it? It's like, it's 24 episodes, which yeah. is half a year. I think that's that why they call them seasons. For, well, I, I'm not sure, but the, the it's a, yeah, a sitcom. Well, a sitcom used to be, tw- a network sitcom used to be 24 episodes. Yeah. But less, I would say, outside think, of, like, yeah. CBS sitcoms, that's, like, less and less. Yeah. There's a lot of 13 now on streamers. Yeah, yeah, it's, the rules have slightly changed. But, yeah, I've always been confused about what they call it, like, series. Because <laughs> it's, 
So that's the thing, like, British people are like, oh, we invented the language, you need to say aluminium. It's like, no, we perfected it, though. Yeah, 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 we we upgraded your language. Yeah. You're welcome. Also, we invented aluminum, so we can call it whatever the fuck we want. I think it was America. That's yeah. amazing. That's a great comeback. Yeah, yeah. British people telling you to say something you invented. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well, not us. Uh, yeah. Wait, who invented aluminum? Yeah. No, well, I don't I think anyone know. invented it because it's a no. I don't think. I don't think it's. Now. It's not it's a naturally not occurring metal. It's a mix. Wait, I just said that really confidently, <laughs> but I actually don't know. <sighs> the discovery of aluminum was announced in 1825 by Danish physicist Hans Christian Ørsted. Tim lied. Yeah. A Danish person invented aluminum. How did the Danes pronounce it? Uh, I don't... I mean... Danishly. Exactly, like it's still a point. So it's very rare in native form. So it does exist in nature, just very rarely. What is it? Is it like a mix of copper and tin or something? I, Tim. I don't know. I don't fucking know. Why don't you fucking know, Bobby? I have no idea. But you said it so confidently. <laughs> I know. I it's, do that. It's, what's good about it is Red. <laughs> the, Red isn't here, but it feels like his spirit has entered yeah. you. The spirit <laughs> is someone who confidently <laughs> says something that a couple <laughs> minutes later is found out to be a fucking lie. So we're back to where we usually are. But that's the trick, right? Just be confident about your lives. Yeah, who's this fucking guy who invented <sighs> aluminum? What's what's his deal? I was going to say about like the six episode deal for sitcoms in the UK. I'm guessing there were six episodes before, but I think it was from just the success of Faulty Towers being six episodes. It almost just put a curse on every other sitcom going, okay, six episodes uh, is like the sweet spot. And that's what we just, that's just what everyone's done since then. Yeah. It's so weird. Like, yeah. why not? If someone likes something, wouldn't you want more? I think also sitcoms in the UK are, Usually written by either one or two people, and as yeah, like a yeah, rival group team, of like yeah. twelve people, yeah, yeah, they're more others, I guess. Here we go. Orsted published his discovery that a compass needle was deflected from magnetic north by a nearby electric current. So he discovered electromagnetism, <laughs> confirming a direct relationship between electricity and magnetism. That's pretty cool. This guy did yeah. a lot of shit. Yeah. I. I was talking with the Harriet about this the other day, but I'm really annoyed. All the good inventions have been taken. Well, I mean, we're not going to invent them. No, not now. Know. Do you like we a We co- are bozos. Everyone in this room is a fucking idiot. Do you like the, do you like the, you like a coffee cup? Eh. That could have been me. I could have invented a fucking coffee cup. Why don't you? Because it's already invented. No. Just the car. Co- yeah, I could have been the guy in a cave saying, like, what if we carve out that stick and put some liquid in it? No. No one invented it yet. Well, you're gaslighting me now, telling it's... me coffee cups don't exist. The coffee cups do not exist. <laughs> there is no coffee cup. 
What a shitty movie alternate universe that would be. <laughs> Everything is the same, yeah. except there's no coffee cups. Oh, you mean there's no glasses at all? No, there's still glasses. Uh, but when people put coffee in them, they often break, so hot drinks are less popular. They haven't discovered thick glass. What about wood? Some people use wood, yeah, but then they get splinters in their fucking mouth, so it never quite took. So hot drinks are But what about coconut? Yeah, yeah, it exists, yeah. but again, you have, you have to, you have to, you can't like reuse it over and over, or can you? Yeah, you, yeah, you can. As Coconut a cup. Balls. Well, fuck off. I mean, you. Again, this alternate universe sucks. This alternate universe where there's no. I don't know. I feel like your coffee would taste slightly like coconut, and that'd be good. I want to live in, in this that world. universe. Of all the worlds. That's something we can invent. <laughs> of all the worlds. You'd think Tim would want to live in. A severely disabled man. He chooses the one where there's less convenient cups. Yeah, Tim. Yeah, then go for that one. What about the one where they, my cerebellum is connected to my brainstem properly? No, no. Let's go with the cup one. I just want to try new cups and new forms. Is that too much It's to not. Ask? You can travel anywhere. What? What? Wait. What about a? What about a universe where people are just nice to each other? I really just want the cup one. The cup one is good for me. I like it. Um. <laughs> oh. Okay, Tim. I, I've done. I've. Uh, we're traveling back in time now. With or without coffee cups. Well, I believe the cup was probably an ancient invention. I don't think anyone can really take credit for the cup specifically. The cup, but what about the mug? The mug? Well, the mug is kind of just a got like... The mug, I think, is a natural extension of the cup. Yeah, but... I don't think anyone has claim on the mug. I I don't know. Google it. (laughs) Oh, now I'm just your servant. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think Red's doing right now? Um, probably grateful he doesn't have to watch me fucking Google shit. Having a good time. In 1993, a guy named Jay Sorensen invented the coffee cup sleeve. Yeah. So you could invent the rest of the coffee cup shit. I don't know. What else? What are you also going to put on a coffee cup? It's done. Pants. Sucks. We're not dressing it. <laughs> a little bitty bow tie. That'd, that'd be quite nice. Yeah. Okay, we're going back to 1902. No, I'd be dead. You might not be dead. I think I'd be dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you mean if you were born in 1902? Yeah, I just don't think I'd be born. Oh yeah, that like yeah I, that, that makes sense. I can see where you're yeah. coming from there. Well, I but Tim, I was three months premature. Yeah, you'd so, be dead too. We'd both be dead. Yeah, I'd be either dead or severely retarded. Jody Ooh, has no thyroid. Yeah, yeah. isn't that crazy? A hundred years ago, the three of <laughs> yeah. us would be dead. None of the <laughs> out of the three of us. None of us would have made it a hu- just a hundred years ago, yeah. which is most. That's almost all of human history. Yeah. Uh, we we were lucky enough to be born in the point one percent of human history where we can live. Yeah. But other than that, we would just be 
a thought in the mind of sad and relieved people. Yeah, it's either, like, very lucky or, like, if, like, baby death get, like, the best heaven, we're just, like, the three most unlucky people. So what you're saying is... Dead babies are lucky yeah, yeah. because they go to this great heaven yeah. that only they get to go yeah, to. Yeah. But the three of us have been cursed. Have been fucked over to, to suffer me. with various forms of fucked upness yeah. on earth when we could have just been cruising, yeah. getting beaches and baby yeah, heaven. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well... Yeah. I like that. I like that thought. It's a nice thought to tell parents who are grieving the loss of a child. You're, you know baby heaven is actually the best heaven. You know you suck for being alive. Please, please leave this please. funeral. Please yeah. leave this funeral. That was a good pullback in real life. Revealed it yeah. at, the, at the child's funeral. Yeah. <laughs> baby heaven is a sweet place to be. <laughs> Okay. What happened in 1903? Well, I was attracted 1902, Tim. 1902, <laughs> no, I, 1903, you could have made it. I don't give a shit about 1902. <laughs> 1902. Well, the reason I was attracted to 1902 was I, I stumbled Sexually. upon... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like to fuck hairy women who are midlife at 20. Yeah, yeah. Remember oh. that joke, Tim, we were talking about the other day? Wait, which one? The one I tried to get you to do about having a midlife crisis. Oh, yeah, 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 the one. What about... was the joke again? I, I just turned 21, so it's really nice that my midlife crisis is over. <laughs> and <laughs> and it no, never got No one ever laughed. Yeah, it got a couple. But I did revamp Aww. the joke. Yeah. Want to hear my Would revamp? You? Yeah. Okay. Uh, my revamp, I think, was good. It, uh, I can't remember if I said this. My revamp is, uh, my uh, my two year old nephew has leukemia. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he, he wore he's but he wore a leather jacket. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, why are you wearing a leather jacket? He was like, uh, turns out he's having a midlife crisis. <laughs> I like it. I think it's a good one. I, I should think. Say. Should I open should with it? Open with it. Yeah, I think that might have been my problem because I was opening with mine. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't seem like an yeah. opener necessarily. Yeah. You always had great openers, though. Yeah. Go hard on my openers. Yeah, you'd go, you'd go up, and you'd just say, yeah. ra- you'd just say some racial slurs. Yeah, and then the audience wouldn't know what to do because they yeah. felt bad for you. Yeah, but you were also being awful. racist. Yeah, and then you'd reveal you're Jewish, yeah, yeah. but you really meant what you were saying. Yeah, yeah, he totally meant it. <laughs> yeah, and then the audience was such a such a confused state, kind of like when you wander a mall yeah. for too long and you just feel like kind of foggy and tired. They felt that way, <laughs> and then you'd give them the real good. It's not that I'm funny; it's that I just beat people into submission with confusion. Yes. Uh. Okay, so in 1902. A girl named Sarah Rector was born. Rector barely even knew her. You can have her. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> so, Sarah Rector was a black girl born yeah. in Oklahoma. Uh, her parents were grandchildren of Creek Indians before the Civil War and descendants 
Wait, what? I don't know. But, okay. Wait, how her parents were descendants? Well, they were Creek Indians and black. As such, uh, they were descendants. They were listed as freedmen. Uh, on on what's called the the DOS rolls, I think that's like a you know like a, and they were entitled to land allotments under the Treaty of eighteen sixty six made up by the yeah. United States with the five, what they called civilized tribes, which seems yeah. rude actually. It is it, rude. It, it's awkward when looking back, they're um, they're they're in they're <laughs> fucking. Nice I mean, thing they're trying to do in retrospect is also racist. I also like that you described. Well, it was essentially an internment camp is quite rude. Yeah, yeah. Okay, listen. So they, she was given some land, Sarah Rector, this girl. Yeah. 160 acres, 64 hectares, which, I mean, if you held on to it nowadays, it's pretty valuable. Yeah. So, um, okay, so, so she's given this land. They didn't give her good land, you know. No. They gave her, like... Shitty fucking land. Not suitable for farming. So really just useless. Yeah, the, yeah. the good land went to white settlers. Yeah. And members of the tribe. She wasn't even a member of the tribe. Okay. The family were lived simply but not in poverty. But the $30 annual property tax on her land was such a burden that her father petitioned the county court to sell the land. But his petition was denied because of certain restrictions placed on the land. So he re- was required to pay the tax. So the gift they got given was something that cost them 30 yeah. bucks a year, which at the time is a lot of fucking money. Classic government style yeah. of, yes. Yeah. My gift to you is you give me money. Yeah. So to help cover this expense, Joseph Rector, Sarah's father, rented the land to Standard Oil Company. Yeah. All right. In 1913, the independent oil driller, B.B. Jones, drilled a well on the property, which produced a gusher. Nice. And for those of you that don't know, the oil business is a lot like the porn business. A gusher makes a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least for a short period of time before they get their gusher blown out. (laughs) So uh, it was making (laughs) 2,500 barrels of oil a day. And she began, began to receive a daily income of $300 a day, which now is good. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I take that. 300 a day. What is that? That's $3,500. Oh, no. 10 grand a day. Yeah, that's fine. That's pretty good. Yeah. The modern equivalent of like 10 grand a day. Okay, so she is killing it as a child, just making tons of money. Yeah. Now, of course, it's 1902. It's a fucking racist. It's a racist society with racist laws. Yeah. Keeping people down. So the law at the time required full-blooded Indians, black adults and children who were citizens of Indian territory with significant property and money to be assigned well-respected white guardians. So if you did well, they were like, oh, no, no, you need a white person to tell you what to do now. That is so fun. Oh, you're doing well? Well, you need a babysitter. Yeah. So they can steal your money. Yeah. It's all you're doing. You need a thief. 
I mean a babysitter. Thus, as uh, so as soon as Rector began to receive this money, there was pressure to change her guardianships from her parents to a local white resident named T.J. Porter. God. So I it's mean, like, hey, your daughter's got a lot of money. I was thinking maybe I should... Uh... I kids the thing. Like, growing up in the deep south, I know exactly this fucking guy, and he is disgusting. Yeah. And uh, who do you trust with money? TJ. Yeah. Oh, no. So as news of her rector's wealth spread worldwide, she began to receive requests for loans, money gifts, and marriage proposals, despite the fact that she was only 12 years old. But I mean, hey, it's 1902. Yeah. A marriage proposal was probably like, Listen, you're two years early. Yeah, I think it's even weirder. Not weirder, but it's also weird asking a 12-year-old for a loan. Imagine asking a 12-year-old for a loan. Hey, um, I know that uh, we haven't always seen eye to eye because you actually look at my knees when we speak because you're 12. uh, But I was wondering if I could have some money. Uh, I know know that your ball got kicked into my yard and I didn't give it back, but I brought the ball, please. Uh, So given her wealth, this is fucked. The Oklahoma legislature made an effort to have her declared white. <laughs> Just because they liked her. They were like, you got money. You That's should be white. so funny. And it's... That's so fucked it's up. It's such a great metaphor. Allowing her to reap the benefits of her elevated social standing, yeah. such as riding in first class cars on trains. So they were like, hey, we want your money, but we don't, we don't feel comfortable taking money of this magnitude for someone who's not white. So. It's just such a great metaphor for, for American classism. Like, oh, you have money? Yeah, you're in the club now. You're in the club. So, in 1914, uh, an African-American journal, the Chicago Defender, which is a great name for a newspaper, really makes you think they're on the right side of things. In this case, I think they were. They became to take an interest in Rector because rumors were going around that she was a that she was a white immigrant who was being kept in poverty. What? I don't know. Yeah. So the newspaper published an article claiming her estate was being mismanaged by her family and that she was un... Oh, I see. This is confusing because it's a black newspaper, but then it seems like they're publishing a story. So the newspaper published an article claiming her estate was being mismanaged by her family and she was uneducated and had a poor quality of life. So then, in comes Booker T. Washington... And W.B. Dubois, who are like civil rights activists, and they were concerned about her welfare. So in June of that year, a special agent agent for the NAACP, James C. Waters Jr., he sends a memo to Dubois regarding her situation. Now, Waters had been corresponding with the Bureau of Indian Affairs and the United States Children's Bureau over concerns of the mismanagement of her estate. It's not that different from a child actor, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, you get a bunch of money. I don't know what her parents were up to. Maybe they were great people, but it's like... Everyone's now interested in you, and uh, everyone is like, hey, you're a commodity to us. And literally, oil, I mean. Wait, I, I am, and maybe I just missed it, uh, but why was it her land and not her parents' It land? doesn't, it just says it was her, like, it was just her land that was given to her. I think everybody gets some land. 
Okay, Every yeah, person. yeah, yeah, that makes... Okay. Yeah, so part of the treaty was just everyone Every person gets, gets some land. land. Yeah, okay. I guess, like, land then was not that valuable. Like, it was like, eh, yeah, it's just land. And there's a lot of it in that part of the world. Okay. So, this, what, what's interesting is this case prompted Dubois to establish the Children's Department of the NAACP, which would investigate claims of white guardians who were suspected of depriving black children of their land and wealth. Yeah. Which, is, I mean, that's, that's, it's kind of like, uh, it's like Britney Spears a hundred years <laughs> yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Conservatorship. Yeah. So Booker T. Washington, he intervenes to help the family. In October that year, uh, Sarah got enrolled in uh, a boarding school called the Children's School at the Tuscany Institute in Alabama, headed by Washington, and then graduated from the Institute. So he was like, hey, come to my school. Yeah, yeah. I'll get some of your money. <laughs> no, no, that's it. He took care of her. Yeah. So she was an already a millionaire by the time she was 18 in 1920. She owned stocks, bonds, a boarding house, businesses, and a 2,000-acre piece of prime river bottomland. I mean, it seems like whoever took care of her money took care of it pretty well. Yeah. Actually, like, they could have yeah. just, they didn't steal, I, or either that or she was a fucking shrewd child investor. So at that point, she left school with her entire family, moved to Kansas City, Missouri. She was like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Yeah. She purchased a house on 12th Street known as the Rector House, named after her. And now it's a, that house is a non-profit. So, soon after moving to Kansas oh, City... That's what the Rector House is. Yeah. Your wife's from Kansas City, right? Yeah. No one's perfect. <laughs> yeah. I say your wife. Comedian Spring Day. Spring Day, my wife. Com- great comedian Spring Day, your wife. <laughs> yeah. Your wife. My wife. My My wife! So, when she was 17 or 18, she married local businessman Kenneth Campbell. But then they had three sons and divorced in 1930. That's sad. Yeah. It's sad when love doesn't work. But then she remarried a restaurant owner, William Crawford, and was married for the rest of her life. Nice. And died in 1967 at the age of 65. What a fucking life. Yeah. And how was she when she was rich? Well, she was a, had a taste for fine clothing and cars, enjoyed her wealth through lavish parties and entertained celebrities such as Count Bassey and Duke Ellington, who I assume were famous fucking people in 1902. Yeah, the jazz musicians. Well, you don't know Count Basie. Okay. I mean, he obviously doesn't know Count Basie. Oh, he's, I'm sorry. You don't know jazz musicians from 1902. <laughs> no, oh. the very, very, very famous jazz musicians. Count Bassey. What did you call him? Count Bassey. <laughs> Bassey. Well, I, yeah, I'm Count not crazy Bassey. for not knowing a jazz musician yes, from yes. Ni- who was around in the 1900s, early He's 1900s. one of the most influential American. I hate jazz. That sounds like a you problem. Why would I? Why would I? Get really into jazz. Because you like everything jazz is responsible for. Yeah. Yeah, well, I love a sandwich. It doesn't mean I want to eat wheat raw. Yeah, just because I like what something's become doesn't mean I have to like the origins of the thing. But that's like, I mean, in that metaphor, 
jazz isn't the wheat jazz is the bread. No. The wheat is like like musical instruments. That's the wheat. I like to eat musical instruments. I do eat instruments. Okay. Wait. Count Basie and Duke Ellington. They were friends with her. Yeah. Well, they probably just sat there being like, this this bitch has a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless, yeah. they were like, how do I get her money? I uh, want her money. I wouldn't mind some of her money. It's hard when you meet someone rich. Yeah. Because you just think, can you give me some of your fucking money, please? Yeah. It's weird. And they're never doing that cool of shit with their money. Yeah. I mean. Also, even if they're giving it all charity, you kind of think, well, give me some. Just give it to me. If they're giving none to charity, you hate them for that. If they're giving yeah. all to charity, it's also like, oh, come on. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a charity. That was my story. I just well, thought it was a crazy story I stumbled yeah. upon. It's not. I mean, that's a lady that can write a memoir. Yeah, not actually though. She's yeah. dead. Yeah, she died in. Only in this world, in the wood with no mugs, she's still alive. Don't reference the no mugs thing, because we are going to cut it out. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> it will I be cut out. Only going to talk about. <laughs> no, stop referencing mugs. <laughs> You know, that's a cool story. All right. Yeah. Did you know? No. In 1902, a guy set a land speed record in a car, and he drove 74 miles an hour. But the car was a fucking steam car. That's impressive. Also, it'd be terrifying. It'd be so fucking hot. Like... Just be like turning the heat on. Well, Tim, I don't think it's like a sauna where the the steam is in the car. But it like there needs to be a fire. Yeah, in the car, like the engine. Cars aren't big enough for it not to be hot. Yeah, that's pretty. Uh, the guy, this guy, is a French dude, Leon Serpolet. That's how he pronounces it. Not me. I looked it up. Serple it. That's a French pronunciation. Serple it, but you didn't look up Count Basie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but you know Serple it. Yeah, that's Leon Serple it. fucking weirdo. I don't like driving fast. Like, these people always like, do you like being in a fast car? I mean, I feel like I don't notice. Like, if someone's speeding, though, and it's terrifying. You know, not terrifying, but if someone's, like, speeding, obviously if it's terrifying, it's terrifying. But if somebody's speeding, are you like, this is exciting? Or are you like, please slow down? I probably find it exciting. I'm an adrenaline dude, though. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I think in my my mid-20s, I just, something switched in my brain where I just went from, oh, man, this is crazy. I could die to being like... I oh, could die. Fuck, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. I don't want to die. Because <laughs> for me, I think it's more like, yeah, if I go out this way, it's better than what I thought it was gonna happen. Yeah. Eaten by wild dogs. Eaten by wild dogs. <laughs> With no mugs. <laughs> what a way to go. Getting eaten by wild dogs. Recycling. 
Yeah, I wouldn't mind being eaten. What is the way you want to go? Me? Yeah. Oh, stopping a terrorist attack. Yeah, yeah. But the caveat to that is I stop a terrorist attack, I kill like three terrorists, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I'm shot and I die, technically. But then they bring me back to life. They like do the ECG, boom, boom. I make a full recovery against all odds. And I'm lauded a hero by everyone. And then I go on TV and I they say, hey, so um, you're a hero. And I got a bunch of great jokes lined up, right? And I say my jokes about being a hero. And then at the end I say, actually, I'm on tour right now. <laughs> and then I get all the money from everybody. And I just suck up the money because the sympathy money. I just suck it up, right? <laughs> yeah. And I just get their fucking money. That's yeah. my... That's my dream, is to use a tragedy to forward myself and technically die. Yeah. Now, where I die and don't come back, yeah. I've never thought about it. I don't want that to happen. <laughs> uh, I feel like I need one now. I would like just to be stung by bees. <laughs> That's a horrible yeah. way to die. Not even quick, because yeah, if you're yeah. not allergic to bee stings, somehow Which I like, am not. somehow the pain of bee stings has to kill you. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't even know if you could die from just being stung by bugs because they don't I, eat you. They just they lose a part of themselves to hurt you. I think you could go into like shock and die from from multiple, multiple, bee, multiple. thousands of bee stings. Yeah. That's your that's your chosen death method yeah. is being stung thousands of times. Thinking about it a little more, I think I chose the worst way. Yeah, to I die. think you did. Oh man, It'd be, I just imagined you were prison and somebody like you're going to be executed today, Tim, for your crimes against the state and your free thought. How do you want to die? You go bees. Okay, the bees are coming. You do get to choose. Wait, no, no, I changed mine. I'm sorry, we've already ordered the bees. We can't unorder the bees. Like, <laughs> we can't unorder the bees. We've ordered the bees. No, no, what about a, bu- yeah. a bullet? You've got a gun there. Just shoot me. No, no, I, I, I can't waste the bullet because I know the bees are coming. I will, yeah, society's I will, all about efficiency. I mean, I will shoot you, but the bullet is gonna be made out of bees. I will shoot you with a bee bullet, and then the bees will, eat you, will sting you inside. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Okay, did you know in 1902, uh, a newspaper cartoon inspired the creation of the first teddy bear by Morris... Yeah, because it's about Roosevelt, right? Well, 1902. I don't think... Which Roosevelt? Teddy... The teddy bears were based on Teddy Roosevelt. Hmm? No? Oh. Maybe that's like an urban legend. Well... Yeah. Actually... You're right. Fuck you! Fuck you! Yes! Go fuck you! Well, you were wrong earlier. You got one right, yeah. one wrong. So you're... I'm at... I'm back at even. The teddy bear was inspired by a cartoon by Pulitzer-winning cartoonist Clifford K. Berryman depicting American President Theodore Roosevelt, commonly called Teddy, yeah. having compassion for a bear at the end of an unsuccessful hunting trip. In Mississippi in 1902. So he tries to kill the bear, doesn't kill it, and then he has compassion for the bear. That's sweet. Yeah. You know, it's the thing is, with some presidents, like in this case, they made a doll out of the, the bear. Yeah. You could think a doll out of that mustache. 
No, you could, even an Obama doll, it would kind of feel... Obama doll would be weird. But I I would talk about, like, just a Teddy Roosevelt mustache doll. Yeah. Like, only the mustache. No, I think, yeah, something about a doll, it, but the bear, yeah. That's great. Can I see the cartoon? That's cute. Just stand my foot on the plug. <laughs> I'm in immense pain. Life isn't worth it anymore. Where are the bees? Where are the bees? Where are the bees? What's crazy is a guy in Germany also invented the teddy bear around the same time. It's not really an invention. It's just yeah. like, hey, what if we made a doll that's a bear and people are like, we fucking love this. Yeah. I don't know why, a, you know. Yeah. What? <laughs> you see that ton, two-ton killing machine? What if it was a doll? Yeah. Yeah. You know there was a guy that invented, like, the teddy lamb or something? Be like, what the fuck did they got that I don't got? Okay, so... It's a baby bear, and kids love to cuddle it. Yeah, but what if it was a baby lamb? Yeah. What if... What if it wasn't gonna kill you? Yeah, what if you could just pet it? That seems more approachable. Yeah. And people are like, fuck you. Fuck you, guy. Lamb are fucked up, because we either eat their babies, or we just shave them. Mm. So it's like... Both. Yeah, they don't eat... Nobody eats sheep. Yeah, I Is that a thing? Yeah, but not common. It's not common to eat sheep. Yeah, maybe in North Carolina where you, like, fucking shoot badgers. Fuck sheep. You fuck sheep. (laughs) Yeah. Eat shaver, fuck you choose sheep. (laughs) I think they'd probably choose shave. Yeah. It must be so annoying to be a cow and you're in a field next to sheep. Yeah, and they just they're 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 killing all your friends, and then what are the sheep up to? They're just being shaved. Yeah, and it's like, oh, I wish I was a sheep. Mm. I've just found uh, what are the benefits of eating sheep brain? It's an excellent source of vitamin B twelve. So yeah. if anyone's lacking B twelve, then yeah, eat some sheep's brain. Get yourself some brain. Yeah, of course that's what Jody googled because yeah. he's a fucking psychopath. Yeah. Any animal you mentioned, yeah. Jody thinks, can I eat his fucking brain? I feel like last time I was on this, there was something about, like, Jody googling, like, naked kids. Do you remember that? No, it's not that he googles them. It's that there's a bunch of children have gone missing, and Jody's been in the area oh, yeah. every time it's happened. Yeah. And they couldn't tie it to him because his car was scrubbed with bleach. Yeah. But the outside yeah, was very dirty. That was, yeah. that was the story. Yeah, actually, I don't, I don't want it out there that I was Googling naked kids. They were just going missing. Um, okay, we're going to end on this. A very exciting fact. In 1902, the first science fiction film... I'm a big sci-fi guy. You like sci-fi, kind of? Yeah. I'm not a nerd. It's called A Trip to the Moon. It premiered in Paris, oh, France. Yeah, with the guy sticking out of the, the, the moon's eyeball. Yeah. Yeah. 1902. Yeah. It's a cool movie. I had to watch it. In film school. Yeah. 
I don't remember shit about it. That was too busy getting laid. <laughs> Tim was busy fucking in college. I don't know Who's why. Who was fucking you? I Just don't know why I said any all of the that. other, all the other people. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, it sounds. I just like the idea that the amount of effort it would take to make a sci-fi film in 1902 yeah. is more effort than I've ever put into anything. Oh, it's because it, it was also you had the same guy that did the first color movies, and he had to go back and paint each individual frame by hand. Man, when they figured out an easier way, he must have been like, Oh, fuck, I I just spent ten years doing this! Yeah. Motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, George Mellies. That guy. (laughs) What? What's his name again? George Mellies. Is he friends with Count Count Basie? George's Mellies. That's his name. Uh, George Mellier. Fuck off, Jody. (laughs) I was also a film student. It's George Melies and Count but I can't even say Count Basie the wrong Count Basie. What did you call him? It doesn't matter what I called it him. It does matter. It doesn't matter. You're fucking uncultured swine. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, we all didn't go to film school. <laughs> Some of us went to the school of hard knocks. <laughs> Didn't you like study? I went to the school up. of hard knocks. <laughs> life, I got my education from life. <laughs> you majored in stand up comedy. I didn't major in anything. I went to the school of hard knocks where life taught me a thing or two. <laughs> what did life teach you? Not how to speak fucking French. <laughs> Or pronounce basic English words. Yeah. I'm being bullied by a man with no thyroid and a man with no cerebellum. And yet we still know how to pronounce stuff. Fuck. <laughs> well, that is the end of this episode. Thank you for coming on, Tim. Thank you for having me. <sighs> Red, please come back. <laughs> yeah. And uh, if you're still listening, make sure you check out the new season of Jerk. Yeah. On iPlayer. In March. Sometime in March. Yeah. Thank you to our super genius patrons, Spencer, Christopher, Matthew. We love you. Thank you to our other patrons. Thank you to our regular listeners. If you miss Red, send him a message. Let him know. If you want me back instead. If on the off chance you want Tim to come back, don't tell him. Thank you. Uh, I like Pauline. And God bless you. <laughs> come by, see. <laughs> That was another episode of The Year Is. Thank you very much for listening. Please like and subscribe. Leave us a review. It all helps. I'd like to thank our producer, Jody, And also I'd like to thank uh, Josh Weller. 
for our intro music and song. It's uh, it's very catchy. It's very nice. I'm sure you'll enjoy it at the beginning. So big thanks for Josh Weller. He's on Instagram at Josh Weller. Josh Weller. Follow him and uh, keep spreading the word of the year is. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. <laughs>